When's the last time you cried? Are you a crier much? I mean, Dad, you've become more of a crier. Yeah. As time goes, as I've gotten older, I've, the same I've is become true more with emotional me, though, too. Yeah. Well, you've had kids now. Yeah. So that's you true. never cried before you had kids, but that's after right. you get kids, you start. You know, you get a little bit more emotional. In this text today, we do see Jesus get very emotional, and we'll see what that is about, because what you get emotional about, it does show your values. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott, and I'll get started verse 28. So Luke 19, we're halfway into the chat, well, about halfway, but verse 28 of Luke chapter 19. After telling a story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples, and he came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. He sent two disciples ahead, Bethany and Bethphage. We we think we now know where Bethany is. There's been a recent discovery. I mean, they've always had, you know, they've speculated as to its location. But I think now the this most recent discovery is a better idea as to where it is. Bethphage, we just we just don't know. And when there weren't walled cities, it was really difficult to be able to pinpoint the location of these places. But anyway, they're on the Mount of Olives and and probably facing towards Jerusalem. Anyway, so he sent these disciples, verse 30, go into the village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying the colt? Just say the Lord needs it. Junior, why why a donkey and not a horse? Yeah, well, during this time when kings would ride into a city, they would ride sometimes a horse showing power and might. That they conquered. Yeah, that they're conquering king. Riding a colt would have been, it's almost, I sometimes I do wonder if Jesus is poking fun at coronations. And he's like, I'm going to ride the weak little colt and poke fun at all of that, like flexing that kings do. Yeah. And I'm, gonna, I'm the real king and I'm going to ride a humble colt showing sure. peace, that I bring peace. Yeah. And that, that to me, that's the key there is the peace that Jesus brings. And that's what he is symbolizing here. But I, I do love your thought about it, poking yeah. fun. At well, it's the almost like, you know, president comes to town in an Escalade. Yeah. Be like Jesus comes in on a little Vespa. You know, <laughs> just like making fun of that whole. Yeah. All right, verse 32. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? The disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. As he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles that they had seen. Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. Of course, this we know of as the triumphal entry on that Sunday, that first day of the week when he first comes into Jerusalem. It signals the beginning of the Passion Week. Verse 39, but some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke followers for saying things like that. And he replied, If they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. That the, the words there, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. It I, you know, I I you know it didn't make a lot of sense to me until we were in Israel. And and I've been there a few times now, but you're driving along and in some of the places where these roads are, it's it's almost like you're in a bowl where the hills go up on both sides. And when you look at the landscape, it's unbelievable. It's like a stadium the, the rocks. of rocks. It's a, it's like yeah. a stadium of rocks. Yeah. And so it just made perfect sense. I yeah. mean, these people were familiar with the Roman stadiums. Right. It's like, you know, the stadium of rocks are going right. to be, begin their cheering. Yeah. And so cool. All right, verse 41 then. And he came closer to Jerusalem. 
and saw, oh, wait, I'm, man, I'm reading way too far. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Why don't you jump in verse okay. 41? He came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, and he began to weep. How I wish today that you all, you of all people, would understand the way of peace, or way to peace, which is him. Mm-hmm. But now it is too late. Peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side, which did happen. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you, which did happen. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place. In fact, you can go today, you can see stones just piled on top of each other from what Jesus is prophesying here. This is because you did not recognize it when God visited you. Jesus weeps over them missing God. And it does beg the question, does God does God weep over you missing him? Mm. You know, we can claim to be Christians, but are you looking for the activity of God? Mm. Are you aware of God working all around you? Or are you missing it as well? So then Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people selling animals for sacrifice. He said to them, Scriptures declare, my temple will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. After that, he taught daily in the temple, but the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and other leaders of the people began planning how to kill him. But they could not think of, but they could think of nothing because all the people hung on every word he mm. said. And so begins yep. the road yep. to the cross. Well, let's go to Proverbs. Yeah, actually, right, actually let's not do Proverbs. Yeah, we're we're going to make a little change here. We're going to go yeah. into Ecclesiastes until we get through Ecclesiastes. Would it be in June? We thought we'd throw a curveball. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Baseball. <laughs> All right. So Ecclesiastes, and uh, you want to you wanna go ahead and pick out a verse there? Junior? Yeah, let's go to verse two. It says, everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. <laughs> so... Have a great day, everybody. Remember, your life today is meaningless, so enjoy yeah. your meaningless day. Pro, uh, Ecclesiastes is one of those. It's a tough book because it gets quoted a lot. There's a lot of uh, little nuggets of wisdom in there, like Proverbs. But then there's stuff in here like this that just, what? That's not true. That doesn't make any sense. And that might even offend you that I said something in the Bible is not true. But there's a lot of things in the Bible that aren't true. I mean, whenever Satan talked... It's true that Satan said that, but Satan wasn't speaking truth when yeah, he said that. He's lying. And you have to understand what this book is about to yeah. be able to grasp it. So as we're going through Ecclesiastes, I think you're going to find it to be really valuable. I encourage you to read this whole chapter now. But Solomon wrote this book as a journal of his thinking process. So it's a bit of a historical philosophy of his life and what he was thinking at different times of his life. And each time... He comes to this place where he realizes, well, this way of thinking wasn't accurate. Yeah. And then he, so then I decided to try this. But then he, oh, that, you know, and he says things in there that we don't, we're not going to pl- practice. But then he gets to the end of that. It's like, well, that doesn't work either. Yeah. And then we get to the end of the chapter in 12 or, or end of the book in 12. He's going to say, one thing I've learned is just fear God and keep his commandments. Yeah. So it's important to understand that as we're reading through how this book is laid out, that this is a diary of Solomon's views on life as he's going through life. And a lot of these things were incorrect, was incorrect thinking during those times of his life. And I think it's good to also keep in mind that at this point in his life, he was extremely, extremely rich, extremely, Mm -hmm. he's a celebrity. And he also, how many concubines did he have? Yeah, he had walked away from God by this point. Yeah, a thousand concubines, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of libido, if you ask me. I don't know how he did it. 
And so he gets to this point where he has chased every single pleasure, and now he starts the book off just going, this is just all meaningless. Yeah, It's all meaningless. And so we're going to follow that for the next couple of weeks, just mm-hmm. his whole uh, train of, of thinking. But you're going to find a lot of wisdom in here as well, so I encourage you. Read chapter 1 and understand it from that perspective. Yep. Otherwise, we look forward to tomorrow's Friday, and it's going to be uh, it'll be the last day of the week as we're kind of moving into a holiday. Or not moving out of a holiday week. Yeah, moving out of a holiday week, and we're going into the summer season. And so we'll see you tomorrow. 